It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is Time Enough Podcast. It is Time Enough Podcast, where we go through... Uh, anthology shows such as the twilight zone and why, why are you looking at me like that <laughs> i don't know i'm amazed at that amazing ah! oh going straight to okay you're just doing the 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 soundless death scream with a smile on your face that's cool this is matt here the man doing mugging for the camera on an audio podcast is mark malik hello hi don't break your jaw man <laughs> I, i'm a snake i yeah. can do it Anyway, we're we're only on episode two. I've recorded a few others, but but this is number two for the episodes. It's one for the angels. Um, I think this goes in the batch of ones I had not seen. I, I've said it a few times, but um, basically, I had a set of those uh, about ten of those image DVDs from way back in the early days. So those episodes I've seen a lot, and anything else I have not. So um, how about for you? I have definitely seen this one, but you can. Also, definitely count me among the people who have uh, sort of watched the show entirely out of order all over the place. And uh, interestingly enough, I I was marathoning this New Year's Eve, which uh, New Year's Eve uh, 2020, which or sorry, 2021, which feels just a million billion years ago. But (laughs) by marathoning, I mean, I made it through the first episode and then halfway through this one. So and then fell asleep. What? <laughs> uh, my marathon. friends who I was hanging out with fell asleep because they have early bedtime. But oh, we also okay. did a bunch of other stuff. Old people. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're they're younger than I am, but right. Um, well, I'll hit a bit of the uh, trivia here. Uh, with our actors, Ed Wynn plays Lewis Bookman. Wynn began his career in vaudeville, upscaling to radio in the 1930s and transitioning to television as early as 1936 and in an experimental NBC broadcast. He hosted one of the first TV variety shows in 1949 and played a mixture of comedic and dramatic roles until his death in 1966. He will be back to the zone for 90 years without slumbering. Murray Hamilton plays Mr. Death. Hamilton notched dozens of TV appearances, including Gunsmoke and The Untouchables, as well as roles in feature films. He is best known for playing Larry Vaughn, the mayor of Amity in 1975's Jaws and 1978's Jaws 2. Director Robert Parrish started off appearing in 30s shorts, including several Our Gang comedies. He shifted to film editing in the 1940s and directing in the the 1950s. He's one of the five directors of 1967's Casino Royale and worked on the Peter Sellers scenes. He will direct two more episodes of The Twilight Zone. Okay. That's that's, so, I don't know. I don't hit everybody in these, just the... uh, you know, a few pertinent people. So um, kind of um, amazing. They let the mayor of Jaws still be the mayor of Jaws too. Yeah. And that, did, he still has like a problem with it. And, and that one, does he? I didn't see two. Oh, I don't, I don't. Did anybody see two? I guess people saw it when it came out. Cause you'd be like, Hey, maybe it's good. Cause the first one was good. 
I'm bad with sequels. I didn't then, see Rambo 2 or Rocky 2 or uh, barely ever else. seen Godfather 2. Yeah, as long as you don't move on to three, I guess. I don't know. It's not. Didn't see that at all. It's not as bad as they say, but yeah. Okay, uh, Mark, can you take us into this trip, man? Street scene, summer, the present. Man on a sidewalk named Lou Bookman, age 60-ish. Occupation, pitch man. Lou Bookman, a fixture of the summer, a rather minor component to a hot July a nondescript, commonplace little man whose life is a treadmill built out of sidewalks. And in just a moment, Blue Bookman will have to concern himself with survival, because as of three o'clock this hot July afternoon, he'll be stalked by Mr. Death. All right, some death. Okay. Maybe I got sinister with that, but... We can be sinister, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing's more sinister than an impartial narrator. (laughs) <laughs> there we're back the impartial narrator yeah so um you know i guess he's a jolly old soul i don't is this a fixture of the past we, we don't have jolly old souls just like um you know doing things for the children you know we we have much darker horrible things <laughs> it feels like a bygone it doesn't feel like a as much a bygone era as much as a bygone new york yeah yeah i feel like this yeah i feel like this city doesn't exist this can you imagine living in new york selling just toys on the street i could if you go to canal street it makes sense although yeah. i'm talking about canal street like 20 or 30 years ago so i don't even know that come to come when you think about it but i also couldn't can't imagine the guy who sells toys hanging out with the kids and then just be like here's a toy for you here's a free one like that's that's weird <laughs> yeah that's, that's weirder a, it's like why don't you get into the van next you know yeah i got toy i got more toys in the van but um no lou bookman obviously is is cooler than that right you know he's the willy wonk of mechanical toys we need him to be redeemable after he does a bunch of really stupid (laughs) oh can we curse on this podcast yeah sure why not um (laughs) um but yeah they, they do note he's born in 1890 right so I mean, that's someone just absolutely mm-hmm. from a very different age, you know? I mean, no one's around that old, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, 1890 meant something different in 1906. When did this, when did this air? 1959. Yeah. Well, 1959 is as far from 1890. It's farther, it's closer to 1890 than it is to now. Yeah, yeah. It's almost equidistant, but we've, we've gone past the line now. So. No, no. It's 80 years ago. Oh, excuse me. I wasn't. Wait, no, about. 60. No. You're right. 60, 60 versus 70. I, I forgot oh. about the 10 years at the, in the 19th century. I was partying too hard for those 10 years. Uh. 60, 60, 60 versus 70. 60 versus 70. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. So we're a little closer to, to this episode than that was to 1890. But yeah. Um, no, it's farther away, but it's farther away by 10 years. Right math this is math time <laughs> this is hard <laughs> with with the mechanical toys um were you with me it, it was it was actually the japan area of epcot center that had like this insane display of um vintage mechanical toys several years back i don't recall that i know we went to epcot center 11 years ago but that's I don't what recall. i'm asking okay because i went with my wife like 12 years ago so that must be when it was there <laughs> we were drunk yeah but <laughs> anyway um 
it was a really hip display just it was all the crazy you know like little tin godzillas and and basically the toys you're seeing in this episode so i thought that was kind of cool um i was just immediately like it's robbie the robot i don't know if maybe that wasn't robbie the robot i really thought it was from uh, forbidden planet there's probably a robbie the robot somewhere in there that that was in the display in um in the in epcot center i'm sure so i mean i can't imagine that robbie the robot wasn't just based on a japanese design already or or something like that yeah i don't know i didn't research that for this <laughs> mm. But um, yeah, we, we've after his his little Willy Wonka experience, um, he's got like this like kind of tiny hipster apartment. So you know, of course, he's mm-hmm. doomed for death, right? <laughs> a tiny hipster apartment that he just doesn't really seem to care if anyone's just in it. Yeah, you left your you could leave your doors unlocked until you know the Manson family, right? Yeah, At kids in, showing up, death showing up. At least in L.A., that's what they say. They leave the door I mean, doors unlocked. That's why they could go creepy crawling all the time. Is it just me or do all the kids in this episode just kind of feel like they're adults? Like I, I wrote in my notes that it felt like they probably were going off to smoke cigarettes. Yeah. I mean, I mostly came off, you know, just thinking of the, the, our two main actors, everyone else, you know, after the first viewing kind of like sputtered out my brain. There's a little girl. There's the, the landlady, I guess. They're just kind of there. I mean, yeah, the little girl is like really important. She's the only reason that um, that Lou dies. He dies for he dies for you like right. jesus well he was just looking for his unfinished business right that's his his little out which i think in real life is probably the lady who built the winchester mystery house are wait familiar, what are you familiar with the winchester mystery house are you telling me that the little girl in this in this episode built the winchester no no mystery no house? no I, i'm saying that the lady who the, the winchester lady who built it was staving off death by having this unfinished project oh yeah i I think it's a lot simpler i guess there's a lot of ways you can read it 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 seemed a lot simpler to that than than that he was just going to run away from death until death gave him the choice of you can either die or this little girl dies and that was pretty much it yeah yeah so i don't know you gotta put some stakes in the matter but uh even though, and I do like this a lot, it was, it seemed to me kind of ambiguous whether death was just sort of playing him or whether death was actually honestly like swayed by his pitch. That, well, yeah, you're still pissed at the mayor of Amity, right? I, I felt like death Wait, was offering a pretty solid deal considering his job, you know? <laughs> but do you, do you think that death actually forgot about his appointment or was he just sort of humoring Lou so he could just take him oh because he I knew don't... he had him oh i don't know he seemed like a groovy cat though so <laughs> but does groovy mean that you're like genuinely going to be flustered over like some silk ties and stuff well that's why i brought up the winchester mystery house because death kept showing up and, and mrs winchester would be like i need to build another stairway to nowhere first right because the, the story there is as soon as construction stopped, she died. That's a pretty good pitch. Yeah. I'm going to build the, the most insane tourist attraction the world has ever seen. You're going to have some competition if, uh, if you're going against the mystery house, man. True. <laughs> that, no, that I mean, that's, a- I'm saying that was her pitch. Oh, okay. I thought you personally were going to go about doing that next. <laughs> no. Like, I think, but- I don't know. What's what's crazier, the Winchester Mystery House or H.E. Holmes Murder Murder House? That doesn't exist anymore, though. 
they I'm sorry sure H. They H. Holmes H. E. Holmes is the Marta station he Holmes <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway I'm pretty uh, sure they tore down that hotel oh it's gone there's a post office there now okay also can... also it is disputed whether that was really a thing all the shoots to 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 dungeons or whatever that may oh. have been kind of manufactured you just gotta believe man <laughs> I mean, I want to believe. I want to believe that if he murdered a bunch of people, that he did just go around like pulling trapdoors and sending people into furnaces or whatever. I mean, that's like a the the fun way to to do it, right? So, okay, that's is is death killing anyone in this? I guess should be our thought. He just shows up for his appointments, yeah. right? I guess death kills everyone. I mean, I guess death always kills everyone. That's like the the world the. Uh, the world we're accepting here, the uh, the canon, yeah, is that I'm, this I'm guy in... kills everyone always. <laughs> so that Every makes time. him not as much of a groovy cat. Unless death is cool, right? Death is a door to another way of life, man. But but also, he couldn't be the only death, right? Because while he's talking to to Bookman, then other people have to be dying somewhere, right? He bilocates like Santa Claus and Luke Skywalker. Okay. <laughs> I mean, quantum. Come on, yeah, there's just a that. bunch of him. Yeah. From where he is, all time and space is one point, so it doesn't really matter. I mean, he can be wherever he wants in a room unless he's being distracted by a pitch. What What are the uh, the Carlos Castaneda books where you have Don Juan saying you you don't see death; he's always just behind your left shoulder till he finally taps you. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a except concept. for in this case where he's in front of you. Right, like that's my lot. that's my point. He's in front of you a lot here. Um, what was the other thing I heard? It was some probably trippy book where someone was talking about the idea that you have five departure points in your life, basically. Hmm. I mean, not well, like not like suicide, just like times when events would conspire to your demise. So on a subconscious level, maybe you'd be choosing it, but not on an actual level. Hmm. I mean, that's that is interesting. I mean, I've heard about whatever the the three deaths where you die and there's the last person who ever knew you who dies. And then the last time anyone speaks your name. Oh, okay. Do you think there's a, do you think Mr. Death shows up for that? <laughs> I'm taking that name. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just the last time anyone mentions, uh, I don't know, Elvis Presley. Yeah. He does kill that innocent flower. So I guess he has his, uh, his wiles, right? <laughs> well, to be fair, the flower would have died after the guy who lived in the apartment died anyway. Yeah. I do like that he's talking to a chair long before Charlton Heston did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's one of the best comedy routines ever, you know? Yeah, definitely. I I like how I like how a scene where the little kid she basically gets a chance to be like, Oh, you got an imaginary friend, okay. It's just further further uh, drives the point home that all the kids in this episode are adults. Well, you know, he's um he's getting senile probably by this point. Yeah, this is 16-ish. I mean he's making a Hail Mary pitch here at the end, right? So um Okay, so when he talked about making a pitch, was I the only one who thought is he talking about like pitching an idea for a new toy or or possibly pitching at a baseball game. It wasn't nev- incredibly clear. I never thought it was a baseball game. Um, I thought it might have been a baseball game. 
no there's a team I'm, called the angels right right there is but i, I think it's kind of a play on words yeah, like I a, mean, now, now I'm pretty clear on what he pitched. <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, is he going to pitch? Oh, this is a, a helicopter with it. But I did have a little ostrich. bit of a little bit of disconnect if he was going to, um, if it meant he was going to do a sales pitch or pitch a business plan, which is a very different thing. Uh, and I was thinking pitch a business plan. And at the end, he's just like trying to hawk his own crap, right? More or less. Well, himself, but that's his own crap. Yeah, I guess the word pitch sort of means something different now than it did back then. That's all I, I can you really come up with. I know you still hear about the uh, the elevator pitch, right? Yeah, but it, that's elevator pitch is never to like sell one thing to someone. That's just that's just weird. Uh, I feel like an elevator pitch is like I've got a script for you, or mm-hmm. and nobody's ever done this before. So after spending, what, 15 to 20 minutes whining about it, did Lewis show you how to die properly? I feel like I probably would have just been like, okay, you can teleport. We can, we can go. I'll just yeah. die. But I, they don't, maybe they don't I'll just feel differently when over. I'm 69 and, and death shows up. But he, he spends a really long time being really obtuse about it. Like, what? <laughs> what yeah. are you talking about? I'm and an old man. Just, what does death mean? And then immediately is just like, ha ha, tricked you. He keeps trying to trick him, but just he's the same guy who didn't have any idea what was going on earlier. Well, I, I guess that's why I was uh, getting back to death being a groovy cat. Cause he's like, yeah, sure. I'll play along with this. So, okay. Maybe that gets to where you're saying like, he's just playing along with them. But, uh... but I mean, that's a really nice thing to do just to give someone the personal touch. It's like when you let someone win in street fighter, Maybe maybe death Once. doesn't always get to like um you know just hang out with people so yeah maybe, maybe it's that yeah he just death just wants some company that's all well like I said earlier I think it's great that it's ambiguous if it should... if it was just if he was just like sure I'll take you with me and then he winks at the camera that would have been terrible that's that's, that's also... why this show is high quality because yeah <laughs> that's why the show is good. And I bet if it happened in, um, I don't know, Touched by an Angel or something. Sorry, I've never seen that show, but I'm just choosing to throw it under the bus. <laughs> something from the 90s. It would be like, wink. Ha ha ha. Yeah, yeah. But um, Freddy, Freddy Krueger would have winked at you. And then said, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, this is like after the second movie he was done. After the third movie he was done saying bitch, he just winked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm done doing that. Okay. So, yes, uh, Mr. Death here is a is a much uh more kindly dispatcher than Freddy Krueger. We'll, we'll give him that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, way to go, man. As they're strolling off the end, I I did want just to throw on the line, you know, this could be the star of a beautiful Fred show. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted um since his pitch was hey, it's me as your servant. I wanted it to be like well, I want him to just go to the next death and just have like Lou Bookman just hanging out as his like sidekick. That that would have made me like a little bit happier. It's just been <laughs> like, yeah, now now this guy is just always gonna tag along with you to, for deaths. No, actually, um, it turns out death is horrible, and Lou's new job is to um to clean up what comes out when someone dies. <laughs> yeah, he just immediately goes to Vietnam. It's just like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> 
you you have to tell this half of a person that they're about to die. No, he said he he said he only comes for people. He only talks to people who are on natural causes, which is kind of strange. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't want to get into the the gnarly stuff, you know. He's the he's the, he's the classy death guy, you know. He doesn't deal yeah. with like like someone ripped apart by the thing or something like that. <laughs> yeah, he's not here to offer you puns about how you're in grave danger or whatever else. <laughs> whatever <laughs> most grim reapers would do you'll be in grave danger by midnight <laughs> be in grave danger again that's Don't why the show is head. so well written <laughs> yeah it's a good show but it well, is not, not the tales from the crypt is bad but <laughs> tales from the crypt tales from the crypt is it's a narrator and he's separate tales from the crypt is like if that guy was rod serling i mean if you want to see the twilight zone written kind of badly um uh, I guess we've already released it, so I, I'm watching the Twilight Zone movie. Some of the segments are pretty good. Uh, one of them gave me a proper nightmare, even. But the, you know, the first two are just kind of dodgy. They're not particularly well written. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen it, but you know, I have to say that for keeping the cast alive, zero out of ten. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, I probably mentioned that one, although I haven't recorded it yet. But um, yeah, George Miller just straight dropped out of the film and. Had, uh, Joe Dante had to go and like finish his segment. George is like, enough mm-hmm. of this. Goodbye. <laughs> wow, I, yeah. I missed that whole thing. <laughs> I've watched the uh, Shutter's cursed, cursed movies episode about that. Right. So that's just sort of a lot of people saying how John Landis was like didn't care, and then John Landis had made no comment. So yeah, yeah, he say John Landis came across came came off not looking so great on that one. <laughs> No, I think his rep now is even still tarnished by that, as it should be. Because, yeah, uh, it is, and his son's his son is even worse. Possible. Now, I guess his son hasn't killed anyone, but well, it was the hell, it was the the whirling rotor blades that took out the uh, cast members. Yeah, I think, but I think that was the whole thing where it was like we we need to just go ahead and shoot this at midnight with without checking the helicopter. Right. I'm, I may be misquoting. I, you know, don't sue me. Somebody. No, and, and Mr. Death did not show up there in no natural causes. So that would be really, that'd be really interesting if they just release a director's cut and they just show Mr. Death like standing over the helicopter for a second. Ouch. Oh, no. Um, as anyway. for this one, some questions I'd like to get into because asking if it like holds up or something doesn't really make sense for the show. It's all pretty, even when it's bad, it's well-made. So um, stands the test of time. Yeah, it's gonna, I'd be hard pressed to even, I would have to go looking for a Twilight Zone episode that didn't at least kind of hold up. Um, So the questions I like to ask are uh, one, sometimes it's more clear than other times for both these, but um, who took the trip into the twilight zone this time uh loose i guess did yeah yeah the girl was the girl there too she was pretty involved. no no the girl was the girl could have if, if lou was like a son of a bitch then the girl could have ended up in the twilight zone <laughs> but okay. but even then she probably would have just died like a normal death like right. how a child usually dies in 1959 which is just probably all the time right Okay, so the next question is, does he deserve his trip into the Twilight Zone? I guess that's what's saying, do you yeah. deserve your eventual death? Which, you know, you just yeah. gotta just accept that, I guess, if it's natural causes. 
Well, the going into the twilight zone isn't always like a negative thing. Right. No, that's, I mean, that's why okay. I'm asking the question. That's Did, why I asked the question. Do they deserve it? Yeah. The I guess the question would be like, does, would he deserve going through all that rather than just dropping dead? Sure. I think, you know, I think he learned something. Well, he I think he deserved a, it. I don't know. He could have done something. He could have like bought a really, really expensive dinner in you know, little Italy instead of messing around with the death all evening. That would have been really smart. You know, he could have just been like, okay, I'll go with you midnight. And then he just goes, gets really expensive dinner. And then he was only one of everything. Zone. Give me he would two only of be everything. in the twilight zone for a few minutes, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, don't. So maybe um, he could have played it differently, but it wouldn't have been as entertaining an episode. And um, I feel anytime uh, the twilight zone is like adjacent to the Christian idea of the afterlife. That's like not, I, I don't think that's ex especially Twilight Zone-y. Yeah, and, but 1959 television, you really had to pander, press that button a lot, you know? Yeah. And you can get away with much stranger things now, like on Stranger Things. Certainly. Not that I, I actually haven't watched that much of Stranger Things, but I played the video oh. game, the kind of Zelda uh, copy video game for mobile. I heard, it, I heard it was bad. I don't know. I played it for some reason, so... Yeah, if I didn't um, watch the show, I just played the game. <laughs> the show was pretty good at first, but it sort of uh, declined a little bit. Right. I don't. Okay. I don't. I don't have strong feelings about it because it's still like a quality show with good actors and decent writing. So anyway, I just brought it up because I had just said it, so I felt like I needed to name check it. But um, the the worst <laughs> thing about it is just that now things happen like in uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, the girl from Stranger Things is in it, and they're just decide to send her off in a van with a weird kid and a weird adult to do Stranger Things stuff. Well, you don't like even that, have to that, that stuff. Required. You can just say to do Stranger Things. But yeah, they just do Stranger Things. Yes, but yeah. didn't you kind of feel like that was just shoehorned in super hard? And like this even whole, the synth wave music starts. Oh yeah. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, you're actually talking. Sorry, I just figured out you're actually talking about the Godzilla Kong movie. Okay. Yes, yeah. Yeah. What synthwave. did you think? Yeah. The the film with the girl from Stranger Things. Yeah. What once you said the synth wave, I was like, oh yes, okay. <laughs> I yeah. Got it. it was. It was. You know. That that's how you introduce you know the guest monster in that film, but it still was a little bit. I don't know. We're going way off track. Okay. Anyway, the, the, the one on topic question I still wanted to get to is you may remember my old my old tripometer. So I'm I'm reinstating the tripometer for these episodes on a scale of one to five. You can use decimal points if you'd like. Uh two point one. Okay. I, that's, mine was gonna be two point zero because it's a, it's a good episode, but it's yeah, it's yeah. like you said it. Maybe it hews so close to the Christian view of the afterlife, it, it loses its trippiness. So <laughs> it's an, it's not a bad episode. It's just yeah, not it's not weird, and it is if if anything, the weird the weirdness just comes from the uh, sort of double crossing, which is entirely Mr. Bookman's fault. But you know, yeah, it's a pretty playful. It's a it's pretty playful double crossing. I guess if you're you're dealing with death, so I don't want to die. I mean, I know some people do, but I don't. Well, you got to do it right. Like Lou. Lou showed you how to die properly in the end after waffling for a while. 
I mean, I I presume that what could have happened was death could have just been like, well, now that this girl's gonna die, and then you're gonna die too. And also Super I'm gonna kill special. everyone who saw this accident. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I assume. Um maybe that that the Hayes code would not allow that in nineteen ninety nine or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but no, he, that's why he's natural causes, so he can't pull that kind of stuff. I guess. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that. We'll leave that for a Freddy's Nightmares episode. Right. Uh, as for this, this is time enough podcast. Uh, as of this recording, I haven't made the Facebook, Twitter stuff, but I'm pretty sure I can use that title straight away. So look for that. Um, we Patreon stuff at Podcastio Podcastius. We also do sci-fi films and. Matt and Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary, which Mark sometimes stumbles into. Oral Hygiene, where we talk about educational films, which Mark stumbles into more often. And Mm -hmm. um, there's also people talking about them them Pokemons and them Monster Hunters, so you can hear that if you'd like. Okay. Mm -hmm. Midnight. Midnight. Time to go. All right. Ding, 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 ding. Well, death has come for this podcast. (laughs) Blah.